Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey y'all, this is Josiah Gray and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat, episode 161. We are presented by Manscaped, as always, and a part of the fan-sided network. I am Nick. You can follow me on Twitter at NationalZace. I am joined by both my lovely co-hosts, Amanda. You can follow her on Twitter at AWhite7877 and Ryan at WeAreAllShack. How are you guys doing? I feel like it's been a long time, but it hasn't. But it feels mm, like only it has. a few days this time. Oh, you missed us. That's so sweet. Not really, but um, <laughs> I feel like it's been a long time, but not long enough. Mainly, <laughs> mainly just because like there's been so much baseball in between. And obviously that that's due to the nature of the postseason and, and this time of year and whatnot. So it feels like we've just been so story deprived in august and september with the nats like we're just kind of doing the same thing over and over again but now there's obviously so many stories and so much good baseball and you know so much on the line that it feels like you know like amanda you mentioned like you just want to like talk baseball like you use this we're just three fans talking baseball so i was kind of like excited to record yeah i I didn't miss you but i was excited to talk about baseball (laughs) Just want to, you know, for the record, for clarification. For the record. Your honor. (laughs) Yeah, so it has only been a few days, but there have been a lot of, there's been a lot of interesting baseball to talk about. And uh, I am looking forward to it too. I, there's good games going on right now. I just, I love it when there's, you know, two, three, four playoff games a day. It's just the best. It's not as good as the trade deadline, this part of the postseason, but then as we get a little deeper into the postseason, that's even better. Well, we would have had four if it wasn't for uh, Boob Nightingale jinxing mm-hmm. us out of a fourth. Yeah, he's got the touch. <laughs> he's 
unreal. Supernatural. Who does he work for? I don't even know. USA Today. I was going to say USA News, but that didn't sound right. Has anyone verified he still works for them? Or is that just still in his bio? Have you seen Office Space? Yes, I was just about to say that. The whole, like, have they moved him to the basement? (laughs) Tried to steal a stapler? That's like the fourth time the past week that someone's asked me that. And my answer is always no, but I feel like it's a cosmic sign that I need to watch it. It's, have you it's never seen that. It's a cult classic. Like you have to see it. You I watched it, it. I watched it on the flight to Orlando one time, and I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it's terrific. Uh, you know, you would think someone who does a movie podcast would have much more of a diverse and eclectic movie background, but I have some glaring holes on my movie resume, and that I'm not necessarily proud of. Um, I don't think Office Space is that that big of a miss. Granted, you know. I definitely should see it, but there's plenty of other ones that I haven't seen that uh, would, would be wow, have people I'd love up in arms. Hear what you do consider an egregious mess if that doesn't count. Uh, the Back to the Future trilogy. What? <laughs> exactly. Oh, I watched those. Um... <laughs> how? How have you not seen those movies? It's like I, just, I watched those like, like within background. the last year. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, is he out? Oh, what did I miss? What did I miss? I don't Sorry. have it in front of me. So, uh, we're recording. It's the eighth inning just ended on the, the in the Red Sox Rays game. But uh, Wander Franco had an egregious error to put uh, Verdugo on second. It should have been out at first, but it ended up on second. Kiermeyer just threw out Verdugo trying to tag the third on, Ooh, on a sack. to end the inning. Yeah. Oh, that's vicious. Oh man. And so five five still. Yeah, five five still. I think Franco bait the tag. Wow. Oh man, it's hard to tell if he's safe or out. That's gonna go to replay. But anyways, yeah, the the Back to the Future franchise is the one I'm like, uh, probably should see that. But I, I don't. know. I just haven't gotten. Around. You would think during the pandemic, especially, I would just like, yeah, watch think it. Would have been able to fit that in. But it's also I'm I'm weird about watching old movies because I feel like. If you watched it growing up, then, you know, you like it, but it's, it might be different watching it, you know, when you're older and not. Yeah. Some movies don't hold up for sure. Right. So like, I didn't want it to be a case of that. And cause there's some movies where people are like, oh, you got to watch this. I'm going to watch it. I was like, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> no, you know what I rewatched recently for the first time. And I seriously don't even know how long was Top Gun. I was like laying awake and couldn't sleep. I don't like Top, Tom Cruise. I don't either, but back then, you know, he wasn't nuts yet. And uh, <laughs> I loved that movie when I was, when I was younger, it was like the best movie ever. Oh my God, that movie's so great. I rewatched it. I was like, this movie is garbage. <laughs> and this is so bad. I feel that way about a bunch of older movies. And it's just like, maybe I'm just like very snooty and like, I'm here for all the, you know, visual effects and, you know, I, I'm, I'm also, I hate that I am this way, but. I'll point out all the like flaws in the movie. <laughs> and, like, it must be fun to watch movies. <laughs> well, I, I keep it to myself, but uh, I was what I can't remember what I was watching with my wife, but like I was pointing something. Oh, we were watching Squid Game, and I was like, kind of predicting what was happening before it was happening, and she got mad. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she got, got mad. Shut up. Yeah, but Ryan, yeah, how that you- one was. <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, Ryan, how you doing? I feel like uh, I- I've stolen the conversation from you. Sorry, I just love listening to you speak, so it's always an honor. Oh, babe. Whenever that happens. 
um life's good you know uh it's been a little bit cooler outside starting to get a little spoopy season outside spoopy season spoopy season love that um just watching this ravens game i'm in a pretty intense fantasy football game right now so i'm hoping i win but i think lamar fumbled so i'm a little upset about that i'm annoyed that i'm good in every single league except our big money league (laughs) and i'm not that's not like what people say oh well that is what people say but i'm not saying it just to say like i legitimately am very good in every single league but the one league i need to be good in and it's infuriating yeah that's that's rough stuff so ryan you're watching football instead of baseball tonight well i got football i'm playing call of duty i'm playing call of duty right (laughs) now i mean like like, let's be real we know what ryan's doing (laughs) (laughs) but like I have it. I'm going back and forth. So like whenever I die, I'll just flip back. And I'm just flipping back and forth between the games. So when the Red Sox game's over, I'll have the Dodgers game as my second game I'm watching. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. When we're done recording, I'm going to go sit my ass on my couch and watch that Dodgers-Giants game. It's my grand plan for the evening. You know, uh, you know, I, I meant to go in a different order, but since, since you brought it up, I have a problem. And I'm, I know you guys are going to have the same problem. So it's kind of timely, <laughs> but a one o'clock playoff game is so stupid, mm-hmm. especially on a Monday. I mean, Monday's by far and away the worst day to have a, a playoff game, but especially at one o'clock. I mean, what are we doing here? And I, I was thinking about it like that's 10 a.m. on the West Coast. Like no wonder baseball so re- on a Monday. Yeah. No wonder it's so regional. <laughs> Well, like how, how do you ever expect to, to grow it? I mean, it's it just stupid. But then I was thinking, well, maybe if it was like a one o'clock game for the Dodgers Giants and it'd be four o'clock here and it'd be, uh, I don't know how you necessarily go about it. I understand like you can't devote one day a week to only one game, but still, I mean, you, you can shift it around a little bit. Like tonight where we've got a 7 p.m. So it's four on the West Coast, seven here and then a 930. So it's 630 on the West Coast. Like, I mean, great. E- even if you want to do like a five o'clock start, like in it was Atlanta today, five o'clock start in Atlanta and then like an eight o'clock start out West, like that, that would have worked. But just a one o'clock start. I just I don't I don't understand why you would ever do that. But Ryan, what were you going to say? It sounded like you had a kind of counter yeah. argument to that. And in their defense, that braves brewer series has sucked and like going into the playoffs you knew they were going to get all of the bad times because of the two markets that are involved but right. also it's a holiday so you knew mlb was going to take advantage of that and have the day games uh, i forgot about that yeah so like whenever there's a holiday during the week like sport leagues will always throw that random day game in there just because it's a holiday and like not everyone's off on this day but a good amount of people are so and the people who would want to go would like take off work anyways and go the diehards yeah, and stuff like that. True. Be nice to get <clears> off today. I did not have off. Yeah, today. it was a funny story. Like I, I texted Ryan this morning about it, but I logged on because I'm still working remote. Logged on, you know, I, I was I was online for two hours. Didn't see a single soul online. Didn't have oh, an email geez. come in. Like we have the, you know, the status bar. So like green, if you're available or whatever, but everyone was offline. And I was like, are we off today? I looked up our like work calendar. Didn't say anything about today. I was like, what is going on? And then nine, like nine fifteen rolls around and like everyone comes on line at the same time. I was like, 
did we have a two-hour delayed opening? Like, what is this? Like when it's in school and there's a little <laughs> bit of ice on the road. Right. I was yeah. like, what is going on? Because everyone literally came online at the same time. It was, like, <laughs> it was so weird. But yeah, I was like, are we off today? And I, no one just told me. <laughs> it's weird. But yeah. It would be nice to be in one of those jobs where you get off all the time, like home a bank holiday. It must be nice. Must be, or like you work for the government, you get off all the holidays. Well, yeah. You, you what's a day off for you? You don't. It's know. there isn't one really. Everybody's always like, "Yeah, it's Friday." I'm like, "Well, yeah. weekends are busier than the week." <laughs> yeah. You never get a day off, but you do get to set your own schedule, so it has its perks. And your schedule is all the time. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But yes. speaking of having days off, Kevin Long's going to have days off from the Nats at least. Kevin Long. Signed with the Phillies. Well, I guess hired by the Phillies. Joe Girardi's staff reuniting with Kevin Long. I won't say surprising news, but definitely kind of like odd. Because um, I, I guess if he wasn't spotted with Juan Soto in L.A. just a couple days ago, it, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. Because there was that whole drama last year with, oh, we are we have parted ways with Kevin Long. Three days later, they bring him back. So the, the writing was kind of on the wall that, you know, they were kind of both looking for different ways. But I, I guarantee you, Davey was just like, oh, I like Kevin. You know, he, I, it's kind of late in the offseason. He might not find a role anywhere else. I'm going to keep him on and then we'll find a new hitting coach next year. Like that is something I could easily see Davey doing. So maybe that's actually what happened. But, you know, Nats need a hitting coach. That was kind of true last year, too. But uh, what do you guys think about the move, especially in division two? I thought just because didn't they have like a spat earlier this season? They're Italian. Well, well yes, I guess <laughs> all of true. this over but some gabagool. All, that all to me was a little, little bit gabagool. weird. And the <laughs> fact that he was just with Soto made it a little bit weird, but you're right. I mean, it was, it, it seemed last year obvious that that relationship was headed for the heading for Splitsville, but I mean, it had, it had to happen. Like, sorry, man, I didn't mean to cut no, you off ahead. there, but it had to happen because Kevin Long's entire philosophy, philosophy and approach is launch angle. The Nats had the highest ground ball rate in baseball. They also had the most double plays in baseball. Their launch angle also wasn't very good. So like what's Kevin Long doing? Their situational hitting was also atrocious. As we have seen, they're one of the worst teams in baseball with the bases loaded and with runners in scoring position. Granted, maybe the talent wasn't exactly the best to help him out, but when your entire philosophy is launch angle and your team can't do it, your job's going to be on the hot seat. Of course it is. You know, it's a new era with the Nats. They need new coaches. I'm surprised their pitching coach is surviving. I thought they would have fired every single person. I'm not surprised it's happening. I also don't really think it matters. He's going in division because his specialty is lefty power hitters and the Phillies only really have Bryce Harper. I mean, the Nats only have Juan Soto. So like they only have Bryce Harper. So it won't make that much of a difference. I'm not the biggest Kevin Long believer, but when you look at all the numbers, the question really was like, is Kevin Long working even considering the lack of talent this team had yeah kevin long was don't get me wrong like very established hitting coach but he was kind of like the um the pioneer not the pioneer it's probably too much credit but he was definitely at the forefront of the launch angle movement when it really became big obviously with the yankees forever and then his success with the mets like he, he, he was at the forefront of that. And like Ryan said, that's always been his philosophy. But when you have 
let's just call him a specialist, like a launch angle specialist. And you have a team that he's been with. It's not even like it was his first year, a team that he's been with for several seasons now doing the exact opposite of what he preaches. It's like something's clearly going on. And Ryan, you mentioned talent. Well, if Kevin Long's a coach that is entirely reliant upon the talent to make him look good, He's not a good coach. Like right. the, the, we can't and he's like Juan Soto can make anybody look good. Right. Like we can't have a, a, a staff full of Davey Martinez's. Like we can only have one Davey Martinez and then we need competent coaches. Oh, that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, insult. I mean, that, that wasn't even very backhanded. I <laughs> sounded a lot more harsh <laughs> when I said it out loud, but you know, Hey, I, I have my, my issues with Davey's uh, coaching style. I, I have, haven't shied away from saying that, but. Uh, again, I agree with Ryan. Like, I, I think you made some great points. Like, this needed to happen. I, I think with the way the Nats have gone um, with their players and obviously their roster, it kind of makes sense to to go that way with your coaching staff too. I am shocked, Jim Hickey. It's Jim Hickey, right? Is the pitching coach? Yeah. Shocked he made the cut. That you know he he survived yeah, uh, because gone his. Oh, Henley's finally gone. Yeah. Wow. I, I there was that. one other one that they said, yeah, they keep them in player development. Oh, my not gonna God. Be on the coaching staff anymore. That I got so mad when I saw that because the Nats player development is absolute atrocious. And I was very happy when Mark Zuckerman tweeted out that article because their first round draft picks going back to 2013 have only accrued four mm-hmm. more. I couldn't believe that number. That's it was, atrocious. It's so bad. That's embarrassing. Like embarrassing even, doesn't even begin to describe this it. This is not even one all-star player. Like this player development is absolutely terrible. And that's the reason why a lot of people around the league are saying that this is going to be a long, long rebuild because the Nats don't have this track record of player development. I don't know Bob Henley's. I mean, all yeah, I know about Bob Henley. It, Bob Henley. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I don't. He's not gonna he's not gonna be the director of player development, which is quite possibly the third most powerful position in the organization. So mm-hmm. that's fine right there. But like if they don't interview several people from the Astros, Dodgers, or Rays, I'm gonna have an issue and I'm gonna go down storm that spark. Not literally, but like I'm gonna angrily tweet about it. Shoot, yeah. even the Brewers, like the Brewers have hit on several yeah. of their prospects. But yeah, you, you have to tap into something proven. You, you can't you, do worse than poor war. <laughs> I mean, it's just so bad. You and I would, have imagine, to go. I would imagine but, most of that comes from Eric Fetty too. Like who's another first round pick that, like G Lito didn't accrue anything while he was here. Now, a lot of them have just been big old bust. Like, right. Um, what was going to say the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts and they're quite possibly on their way going to the ALCS one season after they traded their superstar and cornerstone player. And they're going back to the ALCS because they went and hired one of those genius, like Harvard people to run their organization, take over the player development. And their team's pretty freaking good right now. They also have a $215 million payroll, but they have a lot of good players that they're developing routinely. Like you got to get that proven person from those teams that excel at it better than everyone else. Like everyone's going hiring those people for a reason. You got to go in, you got to find them. And there's no there's no luxury tax on hiring competent people in the organization that learn. Please just right. go out and pay 
like scoop some of these guys up out of these really good organizations. Go find guys who can fix the player development problem and pay them whatever you need to pay them to get them here. Yeah, it, it's crazy now that I'm like hearing you guys talk and just think about it. Baseball of the maybe hockey, I, I'm not as familiar with like the inner workings of hockey, but baseball truthfully seems like the most business-like of any of the four major sports. And I think a large part of that has to do with the fact that baseball has the deepest and largest, uh, you know, minor league system or prospect system uh, of any of the four major sports. So you really have to have the right guys in place. And if you don't, it's just painfully obvious that you don't like, cause you're not getting any reinforcements. These rebuilds, like Ryan said, they take a long time when you're not uh, pumping out prospects or even building blocks. Like, who knows if these guys will be superstar players, but at the very least like luck into an all-star game or like be a solid, you know, two war year player. The fact that you have four war over the course of what, seven years now from your for all of your first round picks over that span is it's absurd, so especially for a team like the Nets that has won a world series in that time frame. Like they're not, it's not like they just had only one or two first round picks. Like they had a, first round pick pretty much every single year. So the fact that they couldn't even le- like couldn't even develop one guy to be a above average talent is just completely an indictment, an indictment on the organization. Yeah. It definitely so. is and it it it's funny because we've talked so much on this podcast and so many episodes about how the lack of depth in this organization, how they had, you know, their their guys at the major league level but there was just nothing in the farm system. And we've talked about that a lot, but to see it quantified with a number like that, like only for war from all of the first round picks, it's just such a, it's, it's kind of a stunning number where it, and I don't know, it's hard to describe, like, you know, it because you can see it, but you, you can't, you know, you can't say with stats and numbers, like this is, this is what's happening and being able to put a number on it, just like they need to just clean house. It's so unacceptable for a, a major league organization. You just, yeah, and the fact that they managed to win a World Series in the middle of it is kind of shocking. It can, and uh, I know Nats fans aren't going to want to liken the Nats to this organization, but it can be similar to what the Royals did, at least uh, not front office, but like staff wise, as far as their coaches go. Like after the World Series and like the you know success the Royals had, they kept Ned Yost in place for a couple of years after that, even though the Royals were not anything like they were before and just so they would have some stability as they go through a rebuild they say goodbye to some longtime players you know Hosmer departs Lorenzo Kane departs uh you know Escobar gets sent down <laughs> of all things so like you know um Alex Gordon retires like all the guys they had departing that obviously won them a world series and here the Nats are in the same kind of situation where trade Max Scherzer trade uh trade Turner you know Anthony Rendon's gone you know Zim and Howie seem to be, or Zim seems to be retiring, but Howie retired. Like the pieces that won you the World Series are quickly vanishing. So Davey might be the guy to be the consistency throughout this change. But at the same time, because you have consistency at the manager position, fix everything else and then use lean on Davey to be that consistency which I, I think you could do much worse because Davey is a player's manager. So the people are going to like him. He seems very personable. 
players are going to want to play for him and, you know, show up for him. He He's shown the ability to do that from time to time. So, yeah, th- there's no better time in the past, what, 10 years, maybe even deeper than that, maybe like 12 years than right now for the Nats to completely just turn over the entire you know, personnel department within their organization. It just makes too much sense. Too much sense for them to do it. That's, you know, probably, <laughs> probably true. <laughs> so we'll see. Now, I can't argue with a word of any of that. It's uh, yeah, I, I, they're not going to do, you can just tell already by the fact that they're taking some of the guys they're removing from the coaching staff and putting them into player development, that they're still not weighting it with the, um, the seriousness that it deserves in my opinion. Right. Which leads me to my next question. And Ryan, I'm going to direct it towards you because you seem to be the person best suited to answer this question. So when it happens, what is your reaction going to be to new nationals hitting coach, Ryan Zimmerman? (laughs) It's just so stupid. (laughs) Like, I, I get not wanting to move on from your fan favorites, but like just because if you like someone as a player, it doesn't mean they'll be a good coach. Like it's completely different. I'm tired of it. They do this every single time when Worth was about to retire. Oh, make Worth a coach. Now I'm doing it with them. <laughs> like, no, go out and get like a established hitting coach. Someone who's been around for a while, who knows what they're doing. Like Kevin Long. No, Kevin Long sucked. I never liked him. <laughs> I was just joking. <laughs> Ah, just, it's poking, so annoying. just poking the bear there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, yeah. I I don't think that's going to happen. I do think he's going to wind up in the front office somewhere. Like they're going to give him. Well, that's in his contract. Him, but... Well, he's going to be, what was A-Rod to the Yankees? Or I think he still is with the Yankees, like special, like special advisor, advisor, which doesn't mean anything. It's literally right. in, it, no, like it's, it's in his contract. Whenever he retires, he goes into a front office role. It basically means you're allowed on the field. Like that's, that's yeah. what that means. <laughs> like the Mar- the Mariners made Ichiro like a special advisor. Right. Yeah, it'll be the same thing. And then he played for that three game stretch in Japan, even though he was a special advisor. Like, I guess, like I said, it just means you're allowed on the field. <laughs> so if Zim wants to come back for any se- like any series next year, maybe they do a college uh, series where they play at UVA's field or something, and Zim comes back for that. Yeah. That actually be a pretty be cool around. idea. Actually. That would be a really if you had an MLB game at a collegiate field. I think I might have. I might be onto something there. That would be super duper fun. I would be very into watching. I don't that. mind that. I don't mind that because they've done the uh, what they do Fort Knox or something like that. I don't did, think I saw that one. Did when I completely that? make? Oh. No, they did that. When am I it? am I Bernstein embarrassing myself right now? <laughs> I don't know. All right, Google knows. I'm checking it out. If, I'm pretty sure it's a couple of years ago. It's like Braves and someone, Braves and Mets for uh, baseball. All right, I'm I'm, I'm not. Bear with anything. us. <laughs> did is, I completely excellent excellent radio right here? Did I? I no. Did I make that up? <laughs> Was it a basketball game? No. I, I just Googled they play the- MLB Fort Knox and there's nothing coming up about them playing a game at Fort Knox. Because they, they, they play the basketball games on the air cap. No. Was it scheduled? 
Oh man. <laughs> I do not recall that. I have no, I have no file on such a game. Although I don't hate that idea either. The idea of having games. That, I like swear a, they did it. A military base would be pretty cool. I'm going to go through a deep dive after we're done recording. Cause I, I feel like I need to, <laughs> I need to get this right, but I'm not going to subject our listeners to any more bad radio. All right. Moving on that. I mean, we'll see who the Nats hire as their, their coach uh, or hitting coach. That is uh, David Martinez is still there. They've got lots of coaches they need to hire. They will, yeah. And some that they should still hire, even though they have people already in place. So we will see how that shakes out and what Mike Rizzo opts to do. But that's really all the Nats news we got. So we can talk postseason baseball. We, we've talked Nats for uh, all the content that we can. And we're going to move on to baseball because there's a lot of great storylines, a lot of great games, a lot of great series playing out. Uh, as I mentioned before, we are currently watching our um, uh, Rays and Red Sox play each other. There's, I, I'm sorry, I'm like watching the game. Watching like, it as you go. Yes, yeah, bottom nine, right? Well, five, like, five. high drama. They're like trying to, they're mad that they didn't let uh, uh, the, the runner go to second and all this stuff. Uh, terrible play-by-play guy I am, but uh, it's just, that's probably the one one downside to recording while watching the game. I get get distracted, but a lot of great series. Amanda, you mentioned that the Braves seem like they might be moving on, which is... Uh, Brewers look quite, their offense looks very... Right. It's not like entirely unexpected because... What did Braves, I say? The Braves have... Um, you say a lot of things. Um, I said <laughs> it was a trap series for the Brewers because their offense sucked. Just throwing that back out there. Fair I said enough. their offense suck, and the Braves were going to surprise people because the rotation will max match it. Well, it doesn't help that they have Christian Yelich playing like Pete Davidson out there. Christian Yelich sucks. That's going to be the worst contract in sports history, which is crazy because people he had. Over it was like extrapolated over 162 games. I know I'm pretty sure it was actually just 162 game stretch uh, over the course of two seasons because he missed some games. Like he had Barry Bonds like type numbers to his MVP season and his follow up campaign to that. It, it was insane. Yeah, well, there's a and reason though why. Shell of himself. Yeah, there's a reason why. It's on that big yeah. Robles plan. <laughs> Being able to uh, sustain that sort of production is so rare. And but now, like but now he's not even players. good. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. But there are there are so many examples throughout the history of baseball of, of a guy who has a crazy good season or two and then can't sustain it through a career. I think it's I would not have picked him to be one of those guys. I oh, really I'm not saying he, he should be Barry Bonds level every single year. But the fact that he's not even like good, he's not anymore. even because he, he was good. <laughs> he was good before the MVP. Season. He was a 30, 30 player. Now he's like a nine home run, seven stolen base player. Right. That's, that's what crazy. I'm saying. Like the, 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 the client. Oh, Kike. Did Kike just walk it <gasps> off? He did. Did he really? Oh, that's harsh. Out. Bye-bye Rays. That's the end of their season. Damn. That's it. So Shaq's narrative lives on again. Damn. So, I wanted the Red Sox to lose. You, you no, were. they weren't going to. The race model does not work. There's well, a reason why. I didn't say why, anything about the race no, model. I just said I wanted the Red Sox no one, to lose. Yeah, and I'm telling you why the Red Sox were not going to lose because the doesn't Rays matter if you want to hear stupid. Amanda Ryan's telling you. 
there's a reason why no one has copied it in a copycat league because their model doesn't work. It works in the regular season. It sure doesn't uh, work in the postseason. Yeah, because they don't have that big money star. It's money wins in October, and no one realizes that. Yeah, like it's it's a great way to get through a course of 162 games. Like obviously having depth in you know some sort of sustainability over the course of 162 is obviously necessary to even make the postseason. But it's kind of like an empty what they finished with like 98 wins, 99 wins. It's it's an empty 99 wins when you have no, no foundational pieces like it, it's almost like it's a uh you know it's the system like if to translate to the football it's like it was brady really good all those years or was it the system and obviously brady's really good but like with the rays like are the rays really that good or was it the system and right now we're seeing it, it, it was the system so when the system fails they, they don't it's not like they don't have talent to rely on but they don't have the, the superstars to rely on they have a bunch of good players that need that extra oomph to get over the top that you need the superstars that can, you know, clutch it. You need the superstars that can, you know, go eight, eight scoreless, like in a big moment, you, you need all of that. And the Rays don't have it. If the system fails, they have nothing. Yeah. Well, it's hard to argue with that, but um, I didn't. Ex- yeah. I, I kind of took my postseason predictions and said all the things I wanted to happen. And I really wanted Boston to lose. I wanted them to win the wild card and I really wanted them to lose the ALDS. So bummed. Plus it was such a great comeback tonight from Tampa to claw back from being down five, nothing would have been cool to see them complete the comeback and force game five. Well, it seems like we'll get a uh, Red Sox Astros ALCS, which I mean, isn't the most exciting, but it's at least a rematch of the 2018 ALCS. So I still think the Astros win, but this rain delay really, really helps the, the White Sox. Sox in Game Four for sure. Because they threw, they threw all their big guns in that game, and now all those guys get an extra day rest, so they can use them out of the bullpen again, and they get Rodon on regular rest. So that's going to be say, really interesting. Yeah, like Rodon's the one because he was dealing with arm fatigue throughout the latter part of the season. So any amount of normal rest or the most rest you can give him is super crucial because obviously we were talking about Rodon as a Cy Young candidate. It's not just like, oh, he's a solid pitcher. They def- definitely need because Giolito and Lynn and all these other guys are spent like, no, Rodon is a game changer when he's on. So if this regular rest can get him back to what we've seen for the majority of the season, Definitely sways it back into the White Sox favorite. Who's uh, who's on the bump for the Astros? Do we know? They're starting Lance McCullers, and he's not as good on the road, so that's going to be interesting. Dusty has made Tony LaRusso and Dusty are having like the funniest coaching series of all time because they keep doing things that don't make sense, <laughs> but no one's talking about because every single like inning, the other one's doing something dumber. Like Dusty did a pitching <laughs> change and a two zero count, and the guy like immediately gives up a three run home run. Like it just, it just, it makes no sense. Like Dusty is so funny because he always is going to do something once a game where he's sitting there and you're like, what the hell are you doing? And it was the pitching change on two account that has everyone like Dusty, my guy. Well, what you, is this? You didn't see uh, Tony LaRusso's uh, proposed rule change <laughs> that the guy on second needs to turn his back to the oh, catcher I while the sign's that. being given. I thought that was a joke. Was that real? No, uh, it, was, it, was real. Real, it was a real quote. Oh, my God. Like, he literally I... got laughed at. Like, yeah. and not, not just I don't by, even know what to us. say about that. 
Like yeah. what the the Astros just got <laughs> just got uh you know exposed for cheating and Tony LaRusso's out here proposing an honor system. Like <laughs> what, are, what are we doing? <laughs> like, I mean, and not only that, he didn't know the rules. What did he didn't know the runner on second and extras or there was another rule he didn't know this year. Like the dude is just so out of touch and dusty. I saw, did you see the thing about dusty not knowing who, is it Tapera, Tepera? How do you say it's Tapera, right? Ryan Tapera's name. Ryan Tapera, yeah. Yeah. Dusty said he'd never heard his name till they played the White Sox in this series. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, um, was he in but, the 2020 NLMVP race? I mean, what are we? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, what? Dusty's Dusty Who, is funny to me. I can't. Who'd you say was in the MVP race? Wasn't didn't Tapera have votes in the MVP? He got one year, if I'm vote. Remembering? He got one vote because of a misclick. The person accidentally. Oh, because I remember seeing something about him mm-hmm. having a vote in the NLMVP race. Yeah, I was, I was, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> so. that's why it was cracking me up. I was like, apparently he, you know, because he's a wasn't following pitcher, the right? in case in case people don't know. Um, after game three, he said that the Astros might be cheating again because they struck out basically non-existent at home and they struck out a lot in game three. They struck out 16 times in game three. So he made another accusation. But so they struck out they struck out 16 times in game three, which is a lot, and probably didn't strike out more than five times in the first two games. And their defense. Lance Lynn had the highest rate of fastballs thrown in like the last 20 years. He literally threw 97% fastballs against a very good fastball hitting team. Like the Orioles would tee off if you're only throwing fastballs. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was just, it was funny to me. I can't, I couldn't believe he said it all publicly. I mean, I think at this point, you know how I feel about the Astros and what they did, but to accuse them of cheating again right now while you're losing a series to them is a little clown show. Yeah, it was just kind of grasping at straws. And, you know, I, I also think a large part of it that no one's really talking about is the fact that fans are back in the stands. Like, I, I think that, especially in a playoff atmosphere, obviously they've had fans for the majority of the season, but a playoff atmosphere, especially in Houston with sustained uh, success over the past few years, cheating or not cheating, success nonetheless, like it, that can probably be a pretty tough place to play. Houston fans across all sports are pretty, you know, um, engaged with their teams and whatnot. They they show up. So I can imagine playing in Houston, there's a true home field advantage for the Astros there. So maybe that's why you're not getting as many swings and misses and stuff. It doesn't necessarily mean they're cheating. Good, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're cheating. Whereas obviously the Astros are going on the road. They don't have the home field advantage and they're going to swing and miss more. Like that's part of sports. That's why home field advantage is such a big thing. Mm -hmm. So I I do think it was grasping at straws. Granted, like you can't completely, you know, brush it off because the Astros have the history there. But like Ryan likes to say, you can't just assume the Astros are the only team that tried something like that. There's plenty of teams that have definitely tried or implemented some sort of uh, you know, cheating, sign stealing type maneuver, and the Astros are the only one that got banged for it. Yes, pun intended. Like we we saw the Rockies come out, or like the Rockies get exposed for cheating, but nobody cared because the Rockies stink. So it's, yeah, you know, that's a good point. It is what it is. I did think that the White Sox fans did uh, show out in the games there. Though they were pretty impressive crowd. 
Like it, it's no surprise the Astros won their two at home and the White Sox won their first. Oh uh, yeah, it's two to one, right? Yeah, so the White Sox won their first one at home. Like we, you know, it's kind of how you would expect. For a moment, it's still it's still amazing when I think it. back about how they won those series on the road. Like how they won every single one of their playoff series on the road. It's very very hard to do. Just shows that uh, Nats fans aren't that great because they couldn't uh, support their team enough to win at home. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Spin zone. <laughs> but, I mean, I assume we all predict the uh, Astros to be moving on. I think so. I'd like to see it be the White Sox, but I think it's going to be the Astros. I think White Sox force a game five, Astros win. Yeah, I can see that. It just, it truly feels like a lose-lose because I just don't like either of those managers. And not that I have any personal vendetta against Dusty. Like, I- I'm over that. I, I don't think he's a good manager and he doesn't fit today's game at all, but he seems like a nice guy and whatnot. But I, I just, for, for the reason I just said, like, it just doesn't seem like he's a fit in today's game. And so, you know, any success kind of prevents the necessary change, especially for like a team like the Nats, like we just talked about, they're keeping guys like old school guys in important positions because they're just too afraid to move on and, do what needs to be done like it kind of feels like dusty is one of those guys where it's like yeah he's been in baseball forever but is he really the coach you need in today's game no so not that i'm like rooting against him but i any success is kind of like the hindrance to that movement if that makes sense it does i see what you're saying even though it is the astros right now i really really loathe the astros and i can't stand la russa so I'm wish like if there's some way for both teams to lose. Yeah, Dusty's by far in a way the lesser of the two evils there. So right, for sure, for sure. But the Astros are my least favorite team. So yeah, yeah. But moving on to the exciting scene. I mean, we touched on Braves Brewers, but like you guys said, it's kind of a of a boring series. But do we think the Braves are going to move on? Yes. Again, all the teams I want to win are going to lose, but I think the Braves are going to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Brewers offense stinks. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really bad. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Ryan Lamar threw a touchdown to Mark Andrews. Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, but moving on to the exciting series. Best one. Best one. I mean, it's 1 1. I, I, 1 1 in the series. I haven't checked the score. I've been watching Monday Night Football since it is the Red Sox currently 0 0 in the top of the fourth. As you would expect with the, you know, heavyweight matchup like that mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, the Dodgers have a good offense too, but they are, you know, they tend to be pitching duels for whatnot. Oh, I didn't even realize Max was on the mound. Yeah. I was watching, like I said, I was watching the Rays Red Sox game, so I didn't even see, but uh, how, how do you guys think this game's or this series ending? I guess you could say this game too, but how do you think the series ending? Cause right now it's, it's best of three and these teams went, you know, right at each other to the wire. The Giants won nine eight the season series, and I think the the run scored was like seventy seven for the Giants and seventy six to the Dodgers. So it was truthfully, evenly tr- matched. Truthfully, truly evenly matched. So, how do you guys uh, anticipate this series ending? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Giants. I'm gonna say the Giants take it. I think it goes to Game Five, obviously, and. Uh, yeah, I think that I think the Giants are going to take it. I think they're just a little bit of a better team, and I think the Dodgers have something of a history of really not being able to get it done um, in the postseason. I mean, last year obviously was not was not the case, but um, I still think last year you know it was a weird year, and 
a much shorter season. And uh, I don't think they're going to get it done. I think they're going to go out in this round. Ryan. Um, so the series is going four games, regardless who wins. Um, I think as of right now, I think the Dodgers win in four series. I mean, sorry, it went in four games, but the winner of the series will win in four. It's not going five. Interesting. So as you, uh, so, so basically you're predicting my prediction to come true that the Dodgers don't face an elimination game for the rest of the postseason. They'll, for this series. <laughs> if, if they move on, they'll face several elimination games, but I don't think this series goes five, regardless who wins it. So do you think so you, do you think the Braves take them to an elimination game or do you think they face elimination in the World Series? I'm telling you, if the Braves move on, the Braves are going to surprise people with who they play. The way well, they're I, I think like, they, they've already surprised not that they can't continue to, but I think they've already met that. I mean, like the Brewers, quota. Do you Brewers, think they could beat the, the Dodgers? Stink. I don't think they can beat the Dodgers, but I think they can give the Dodgers a run for the money and make the Dodgers sweat. Like they did I last year, they exactly they're up three games to one. I legit think they can push the Dodgers to six or seven games because the way their rotation is pitching right now. Like the Nats were heavy underdogs in all their series, but because the way Max Strauss and Corbin were pitching, they won those series. The way their big three is pitching right now, they have like a one point oh six combined ERA through um and everything. Like that's hard to beat, and they're just getting timely hits. Like Jock Peterson just clutches hell. We saw it when he's on the right. Dodgers. If their rotation keeps up like this, they'll give the Dodgers a run for the money. Or the so, Giants. Sorry, let me phrase that. I don't think they, I don't think they pair up as well against the Giants because the Giants just out cheat everybody. <laughs> but they will make the they'll make the Dodgers sweat. All right. I can see it. I mean, I, I'm sticking. Granted, the Rays just lost, so my predictions are kind of thrown out the window anyways, but I'll, I'll stick with Dodgers because they were my World Series pick. And even though I'm not going to be heartbroken if they lose, I'm, I'm going to stick with it because uh, the, the ability to, to call your shot and say you're right is second to none, as we all know here on the show. But speaking of calling your shot, we've been calling it for almost a year now. It's almost a year anniversary with, uh, with Manscaped. Batting leadoff. For the Dodgers is the lawnmower 4.0 from our friends at Manscaped. New ad read, if you couldn't tell. This fourth generation trimmer is going to help you dodge hairy balls this October, like the Orioles dodged the wind column this season. You could also replace Orioles with Nationals there. Today's sponsor, Manscaped, well, all, always our sponsor, are the glo- global leaders in male grooming, trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Swing for the fences and use the right tools for the job with Manscaped for all your hairiest grooming needs get 20 percent off and free shipping at manscape with our promo code hshh20 like i said you will get 20 percent off and free shipping your entire order with no exclusions no gimmicks no ifs ands or buts 20 percent off your entire order so absolutely no reason not to do it the performance package 4.0 which includes the great lawnmower 4.0 is a fastball right down the middle for you to take your grooming game to the next level Included is the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, like I mentioned, the Weed Whacker, which is their ear and nose hair trimmer, formulations, and two free gifts, that being the Shed Travel Bag to carry all that stuff, and a pair of boxers that are quite comfy and I highly recommend. So go to Manscaped, use our promo code HSHH20. Like I said, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. So go do that and help us help you help us. 
All right. So I guess, I mean, we, we still have three series that are undecided. So plenty could change, but do we have any revised world series predictions or predictions in general, whether it be like individual performances or storylines or, or your world series picks in general, any, uh, any breakfast balls or, or mulligans on any of our predictions? Every well, single October, every single year, really, we all forget how good the Astros are. Yep. Um, if they move on, I think the Astros Red Sox series is going to be really, really fun because both of those lineups are incredibly dangerous. So we could be seeing some really high scoring games. Um, I said it that whoever wins the AL wildcard game wins World Series. I'm going to double down on that, but I'm going to expand a little bit. Whoever wins the ALCS is going to win the World Series. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I had picked, I think I had picked Tampa and San Francisco to be in the World Series. Obviously, I believe so. Tampa's not going to be in the World Series. Um, I still think San Francisco gets there. I think they're going to advance past the Dodgers and uh, they're going to beat the Braves in the NLCS. Um, so if we get, I'm assuming it's going to be Astros, Red Sox, and the ALCS. I think the Astros are going to advance as much as I hate that. Um, I'm going to go ahead, though, and stick with my not very successful plan of picking what I want to happen and go Boston advances. So it's Boston, San Francisco, and I'm going to take San Francisco. Interesting. Before I give my revisions, uh, if the Red Sox make the World Series, and hell, if they win the World Series, we legitimately have to talk about Alex Cora being one of the best managers arguably ever. I, I don't think that's too big of a stretch because we we saw the Red Sox without Alex Cora. We saw the immediate impact they got with Alex Cora and getting him back again this year, which people forget he was suspended for a year. Like That would be insane for the Red Sox to go through what they went through, lose their manager, who they obviously very uh, well-respected and well-liked within that organization, lose him for a year, bring him back, win another World Series after the suspension, and you know, trading away Mookie Betts, who at least at the time was like a top three, maybe a top two player in baseball. And it's obviously still very good, and I'm no disrespect to uh, Marcus Lynn Betts, one of my favorites, but to do that, like who, who in the right mind trades away a, a top five player in baseball and then wins another world series. Ryan talked about it earlier. Like the fact that they made all the right moves, push all the right buttons. And here they are again, you know, punch their ticket to the AL. So yes, tonight and four wins away from punching another ticket to the world series. Like Alex Cora has a big part of that. And I, I don't know, obviously that that's a, still a hypothetical. So we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out, but I mean, Say the Red Sox do in the World Series. What's your for all of baseball? What's your managerial rankings? Because Alex Cora would be the number one for me. Alex Cora is complicated just because of the cheating legacies he has. Because he brought it. Well, Carlos Beltran may have brought it to Houston, but he helped in Houston. He brought it over the uh, Boston. But I don't really care about that, just because literally everybody cheats. If the Red Sox Agreed. do win the World Series, there's a lot that goes into it. They were hurt last year. Their scouting department played a big role in it. Their new GM played a big role in it because how well they did in that Mookie trade. But if they win the World Series, Alex Cora is easily top five. Like, yeah, I mean, I he's probably not five, but like he's easily, easily in that conversation. Who, Sorry, go ahead, Amanda. 
go ahead. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. And I, I, you know, I care much more about all the cheating scandal than I think you do, Ryan. But I, it, I just, I hate that they all got off with such a light punishment. I hate that he got this bullshit. Oh, I said a bad word. One year suspension that happened during the COVID year anyway, when everything was weird. It just wasn't any real punishment for what they did. And I think that's going to have long lasting repercussions in baseball, even just what we were talking about earlier about the the accusations flying right now, which it seems silly, but it, this is the kind of thing that's going to happen. And his, his legacy is tarnished irreparably in my mind. I think you're right though. I think that if they win another world series after, you know, getting rid of bats, then you have to put him in the conversation as far as talent for a manager. But I, for me, in my mind, his, he, he's, he's tainted goods. I, I won't ever root for him. I won't ever respect him. Well, I guess we don't know if um, Terry Francona. I, I couldn't. I couldn't think he's of his name. he's one. As long as he's coaching, he's one. Right. I was, but yeah. I was going to say I don't. We don't know if he's coming back because he yeah. he is still on leave with his health issues, and we haven't heard anything. So I I hope everything's going okay, but uh, that remains to be seen what direction that organization goes. Obviously, with the the name change and kind of the new chapter, and who knows. Uh, if uh, Tito will be a part of that, but yeah, he's definitely one. Um, I would imagine Dave Roberts has to be in that conversation, despite the fact that, Dave. you know, his, you know, he could be oh, one of those guys, like we talked about earlier, or like I talked about with Davey Martinez, like just surrounded by talent, making, you know, propping you up and making you look good. Dave Roberts easily could be that, but you know, the, the fact that there's plenty of Dodgers managers before him, like even Joe Torrey, who's renowned as one of the greatest managers of all time. Like he, he didn't win a world series with the Dodgers. Uh, Don Mattingly, who, you know, still, I, <laughs> it's hard. It's easy forget to, to forget that he's yeah. still he's the manager of the Marlins. Like, you know, though, those guys who are renowned as at least in Don Mattingly's case, like a good manager, they didn't win world series, but you could also argue that the Dodgers teams weren't as good as they are now. So, it's kind of just like, you know, choose your choose your narrative or whatever. But I think Dave Roberts has to be up there. But he's so complicated. Like he's a good manager, but he's also made a lot of questionable decisions that are the reason why the Dodgers have not won more than one World Series in his tenure, especially the teams they yeah, have. He has his misses for sure. It's like he's so hard to judge. Um, Kevin Cash, like the Rays model is terrible and he has one of the lowest budget teams in the league. And he has such like a interesting way of going about it and coaching this team and constantly shifting the lineup, only putting people two out two innings out there and does a very good job of it. Kevin cash is up there. Honestly, Agreed. AJ Hinch is up there as well. Yep. Um, yeah. The whole scandal thing happened, but you can't overlook how good the Astros team was when he was there. The Tigers took a huge step up when he was there. He's in there. I think Joe Madden's the most overrated manager, one of the most overrated in baseball history. Um, I do not like when people say he's a top five manager, but that's just me. Yeah, I definitely agree. He's over. I mean, look at the Cubs. The Cubs were supposed to be a freaking dynasty, and they only won one and were never nearly as good ever again. So yeah, now they're fully and now broken now that yeah they com- completely broke it down. Um, I'm just going through my head. Who else? Brancona, by the way, announced a few days ago, three or four days ago, I think he had a press conference where he said he's planning on coming back in 20. Oh, cool. Good. Good. Glad to hear. But I think Craig Council is like not top five, but he's sneaky. Uh, 
he probably deserves to be in that conversation. Maybe uh, Mike Schilt, too. Cardinals have always been good under him. I mean, he was on an interim basis after uh, what's-his-face. Um, good old Mike Matheny? No. Yes? Matheny? Right, I think. Matheny. Yes. Yes. Yeah. My, after Mike Matheny, like he was interim coach, and then they literally extended him midseason because of how well the team was doing after Matheny. And it, he he's an interesting, uh, fascinating story because he is the only manager in baseball never to have played in the major leagues. So oh, that's know. interesting. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that's kind of a, a good, um, good indicator of, you know, how good of a coach he is and well liked and whatnot. So yeah, that, that's an interesting case. You, you hear that with, you know, with football, with basketball, like, you know, who are the best coaches? You don't hear that with baseball all that often, but obviously very clearly managers incredibly important uh, position in baseball. And you, you don't hear the, who's the best um, maybe because you don't have your, you know, your Belichick or your, uh, and nobody with a dynasty like right, that, really. But it, it's hard to do that in baseball. I, like you had your, you know, Bruce Bochy, your Joe Torrey, your you know, long tenured managers. But obviously, those guys have uh, moved on. Um, so it's like you, there hasn't been enough time elapsed. Like who's the longest tenured manager in baseball right now? Well, that's a great question. I don't know. Is it Roberts? Because Girardi hasn't been there for long. Yeah, uh, you've been Mattingly with maybe. How long has he been with with Miami? Since Dave Roberts. So I mean, they're kind of at the same time. But there you go. I mean, I, I guess that's why the conversation is so wide open because you don't have the yeah the the tenure of any of the managers. That's a good article, Monty. I know you're listening. Someone's got to do a, a, you know, a managerial rankings. There you go. I'm just pumping out content for you left and right, even when I don't mean to. Now you're talking. Now you're but, talking. I'm looking through a list of the longest tenured managers in history of baseball. I yeah. don't see anybody currently managing that's on this list. Connie Mack. Oh, no. Way. Terry Francona is definitely the longest tenured. What am I talking about? How long has he been with, with the Indians? I think it was one year after he left Boston. And Boston's uh, had like four or five four or five different managers since then, if you include their interim manager. Who was that? Renicky? I don't know, I remember. By the way, just as I'm looking at this list because it's awesome, is Connie Mack was the manager of the A's for 50 seasons. God. Sounds Isn't that miserable. insane? Oh, Bob Melvin. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Bob Melvin has been with the A's for a while. There's another one. Yeah. There we go. Brains right, just well, not working, uh, not firing all cylinders tonight. But there you go. It's still a fascinating conversation. It is. That would uh, be. I don't. A fun I article. don't think there's a clear cut answer for best coach or, or sorry, best manager. Whereas, like in other sports, like there might be, you know, Belichick's up there, Tomlin's up there for the NFL. Um, but baseball conversation's wide open. It's a fascinating one at that. Mm-hmm. But we will see how the rest of these playoffs or the division series, I should say, shake out. There's plenty that can happen. Playoff is the best time. Playoffs are the best time of the year as, you know, we see the craziest and wild things happen. But as we end all of our shows, we're going to wrap up with our one big thing. You guys got anything uh, baseball related, anything um uh, you know about the playoffs, or not hockey. Anything baseball uh. related? 
Yeah, I will refrain from talking about how I'm going to opening night for the Caps in two days and uh, talk about, I'm going to talk about base running. Base running is very crucial, kids. If you're, if you're a young ball player, there's been a couple of egregious base running mistakes in, in the, uh, in the postseason so far, including one yesterday from the, was it yesterday or today? The one from the, the Braves. That was, was um, today. That was, was that today. today? Yeah. It seems like a long time ago. Okay. So from today. Yeah. Um, and then somebody got thrown out at third. Who did you say it was? Who got thrown out? I was I was not watching at that point. You were saying somebody got Verdugo. Verdugo. There you go. Yep. Don't get thrown out of third base in a crucial game. Anyway, base running is crucial. And uh, you always see it even in these really, really big games where it's like shocking to see a base running error. I think sometimes <laughs> the pressure gets to people trying too hard, pressing, trying to make something happen. But that's my that's my only thing I can think of right now. My Sorry, Nick, but my one big thing is postseason overact overreactions are the funniest things in the world. Um, like the ground rule double that happened in game yeah, com- three. Complete miss on my part. I like had three things I wanted to talk about, one of them being ground rule double, and I didn't mention it. So oh, that was a big hand one. up, my bad. So in, in case you guys didn't see, uh, Kevin Kiermeyer in the 13th inning hit a ball in the gap that hit off the wall in right field hit off Hunter Renfro, then went over the wall. Um, a run scored on the play. They took the lead, but they called it a ground rule double. So they had to go back to runners in second and third. The Rays were very upset about this. There's a lot of people talking about how the rule needs to change because the rule states if the ball bounces off a fielder and goes out of bounds, it's a ground rule double. People are saying the rule needs to change. It's terrible. And I love it. Postseason overreactions <laughs> are the funniest thing in the world because no, like it's been a rule since like 1816. Like this is like what the second time we've ever seen this in our lifetime. No, there's nothing wrong with the rule. It's just fun. If you don't have react. a team to root for and, and you can just enjoy the chaos, then it was super fun. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's, it's, it, it might've been one of the greatest and luckiest breaks we've seen in a very, very long time, because that is very hard to come back mentally and emotionally for the Red Sox. I'm mean, sorry for the Rays. Mm-hmm. Man, it was fun. It made me think maybe that the the Red Sox are going to go all the way because that kind of thing happens. It's like the baseball gods are smiling on you. You <laughs> right. And yeah, it, it, if it were me, you know, if I were the Rays, I simply just would have scored more runs. Mm, that's a good plan. They should hire you to be the best manager in baseball. I mean, it, it, I, I, w- I already am. Like it, <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't take much. Uh, I'm just going to make my one big thing two big things and wrap up the, the points I wanted to talk about earlier that I didn't talk about. Uh, one of them being the Yasmani Grandal play uh, gave me, and I'm sure everyone flashbacks of the Trey Turner play. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that didn't see Yasmani Grandal, very egregiously running inside the base path, uh, going down to first base. He was running on the grass and not the foul territory grass, the infield grass and the throw from um I think it was Yuli Gurliel to home plate hits Grandall and gets away from the catcher, allowing the run to score. It was just, it was a whole kinds of mess that, as Ryan said, like you love seeing because your team's not involved and it's just fun to watch other fans' misery. So that it was loves my initial, company after all. Yep, that was my <laughs> initial thought. And then the other one, good old friend Kyle Shorber, curtain calling a routine play to first base was just, <laughs> I, I like, I, I, I've been on, Ryan's team for, you know, don't resign Kyle Schwarber. He's not going to help facilitate the, this rebuild. But seeing that, I was like, 
Yeah, almost changed damn, my mind. I was like, damn, Kyle Schrober's pretty cool. <laughs> like, yeah, this guy gets it. I know. That's if we have to have cool. a team that sucks and is miserable next year, we could at least have some fun. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, so for those that didn't see that player, didn't know uh, what was going on with Kyle Schober. So he's been playing first base for the Red Sox some. Um, you know, they have a stacked lineup. So, uh, you know, J.D. Martinez will DH sometimes and their outfield's kind of uh, solidified. So he's been playing first base for them, still learning the position. He had a, a routine play at first base. All he needed to do was toss the pitcher the ball who's covering first. Well, he underhands it and sends it damn near into the dugout. <laughs> and it, it was it was pretty bad. So then, of course, he gets another chance shortly thereafter. Uh, has a nice backhand, does a good job following his throw to first base, and it's just an easy pitch uh, or you know underhand throw right to the catcher. As Max Scherzer gives up the solo, solo shot on a 0-2 count, to Evan Longoria to, to uh, uh, give the Dodger or give the Giants a one nothing lead. Deep to right field. Yeah, and there's a deep drive to left field. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kyle Schwarber, nice little underhand pitch and catch. And then uh, fans go wild. He starts fist pumping, takes off his hat for a curtain call. Fans love it. That man is great for baseball, but he's absolutely sticking in Boston after that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty fun much. Fun to see, though. It was fun. It was super fun. It, it's nice to see players actually out there just like enjoying themselves, even in high pressure games. It is, after all, a children's game. And people should stop being so damn serious about that all the time. I forgot Evan Longoria was like still not that he's a ball player, but like he was like a ball player. Like he he was providing value to a team. Like how is a team led by Evan Longoria and Buster Posey, both great players with great careers, but not nearly in their prime anymore. Like how are these guys leading the Giants to a 107 wins in a stacked NL West makes no it's, sense. It makes no sense. It really doesn't. I, you know, we talked about everybody picked the Dodgers to win. I don't think anybody really seriously gave the Giants much of a much no attention. Yeah, much attention at all preseason. 107 yeah. games is a hell of a statement. Absolutely. Well, that's all I got. You guys got anything else before we go? Baseball yeah. related. <laughs> Stop saying that. I'll say whatever I damn well please. Ryan, you got anything before we go? Giants are cheating. Let's roll. (laughs) There's your answer to how Evan Longoria and uh, Buster Posey and company are are surviving and advancing. I mean, this guy's name is Steven Duger. Like, this this guy, he's not a ball player. I'm sure he doesn't. Who hit the solo shot off Max? Evan Longoria. I just said that. Oh, I didn't hear the part about it. I didn't know why you were bringing him up specifically. I missed that part because I don't have the game on in front of me. All I have is the little thing that's showing the score. I don't well, that, the... That's exactly why I brought him up because I said Evan Longoria just said a solo shot off Max. But yeah. We'll see how this game ends. We'll see if I'm uh, rooting for it. Go Max, Giants. Yeah. Max Scherzer can uh, rebound. Well, I guess he needs offense now that he can go scoreless the rest of the game. If they don't score, they lose. So we'll see. It's going to be yeah, the maybe. best series maybe of the postseason. We'll see. Uh-huh. But in the meantime, check out halfstreethighheat.com for more articles in baseball content. We got stuff coming out every day and our new writers, Danny and Allison, are setting the tone, keeping our uh, current or our previous staff uh, on their toes. So everyone's, you know, kind of 
nice little friendly competition going on, putting out their best work. So be sure to go check that out. And like I said earlier, follow us on Twitter. You can follow the main show or the main account at Half Street High Heat. Follow myself at Nationals Ace. Follow Amanda at A White Seven A White Seven Eight Seven Seven, and follow Ryan at We Are All Shack, the real two-time winner of the Nets' uh, best Twitter account. Oh, shots fired! That's all I got. Uh, until next time, let's go baseball. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the cause has passed the wall to see you later. the early light of dawn well you can see they're running scared cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are and bursting in the air tell the library of congress that they might not want to look cause we're putting curly w's in every book let's go For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.